Welcome to the A4 Play podcast. From the sound of that la 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 la, you know that this week we have John, John, not John, <laughs> but John, uh, Daddy's home, Ricciardi. Hello, kids. Were you behaving while I was gone? <laughs> we we tried. I see you were sucking helium, so there must have been some parties happening here. Yeah, you know when when you guys are gone, Hiroko turns into a total party animal. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. She like had us all sucking helium. It was just kind of it was weird, uh, and. Uh, Mark is still out of town, but he will be on next week, not next week, but the next episode, which will be the 100th anniversary Uh-oh. special. Better start booking guests. We don't have anything planned. <laughs> but we might. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but with us this week is uh, like a ragtag group of now all former 8-4 interns. Uh, to my left, uh, we have Tom. Hello. Just, just Tom. <laughs> oh, no nickname. Well, I like I didn't have time for nicknames. We're too busy. When the when and when John and Mark are away, I'm I'm the daddy, so I have to take care of everything. And to his left is Alex Aniel. Hello, Brave Wave Aniel, CVX Freak, CVX Freak. Yeah, I still like Resident Evil. Yes, that's good. Have you no do time for it really? You still like it really? Yeah, really? of course. No. <laughs> he really? says that. Really? He says that like but really. Just so busy smiling. these days that I, I don't even think about it that much anymore. You're not buying up like every single copy of Resident Evil, no, whatever the like, last one was that came they out. They had they had like this gun shooting thing like in Chiba, and I just didn't go because I didn't have time. Really? Yeah. You've changed, I man. Know. You've changed, and also with us because this basically last week was your last week as an intern, Chris Superman Reed. Yay. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back in the 8-4 podcast wing. Yes, so indeed. Kicking back. The helicopter pad's a little noisy, but, uh, you know, the waterfall's really nice. It's yeah. got that strobe light. It looks like the water's going up. You know, So since you've down. stopped interning, you've been doing nothing but drugs, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's very spacious here. Nothing's changed on that front, John. He's always I doing drugs. Um, <laughs> so I didn't listen to the last episode, so I don't know what you all talked about. We talked a lot of Dark Souls. We didn't. We tried not to spoil too much of Dark Souls. We did a little bit, but uh, we talked a lot of Dark Souls. I still haven't played Dark Souls. All the cool stuff oh happened. God. Well, I played like an hour, but I mean, okay. all the cool stuff came out. So I've been gone for like, oh uh, man, like almost a month. And first there was yeah. GDC. Well, first there was Bit Summit, which was here in Kyoto. Mm-hmm. But then we came back for a few days. Then it was off to GDC. Then after GDC, I had to go down to LA to do some voice recording. Right. And, like, in that time, all the games decided to come out. Like, Dark Souls 2, Ground Zeroes, I haven't touched yet, which I really want to play. Right. A um, bunch of Vita games came out. I was able to get those, like Fez and uh, Luf- Luf- Browsers or Luftrausen. Luftrausen. But, like, all this cool stuff came out in the last few weeks, and I haven't got to play any of it. So this is more like the What I Wish I Was Playing uh, episode for <laughs> okay. me. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I'm going to hold off any Dark Souls 2 talk this episode just because... I'm almost done with the game, and I'm guessing Mark is going to want to talk about it when he gets back. A lot of people have finished it already. It seems like people have finished this one much quickly, much more quickly than they I did the first one. I think most people, you know, they got used to Dark Souls. They didn't know how to play the game, so mm. it's a little bit easier on that front. And for me, like, it's it hasn't been, like, super hard, but, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it's hard. It's but you're close to the end. Yeah, I'm close to the end. Nice. Uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the games we have actually been playing. Um, we'll start off with uh, Chris. You've been playing the new Diablo three expansion. Yeah, that's right. Start I've... out with a Japanese game. Yeah, right. Wait, um, what? 
Japanese game? This joke, <laughs> that was right? a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I thought this was a Japanese version of Diablo 3. Yeah, oh. no, no, no. I mean, generally, my game playing is really Japanese-centric. It's mostly, like, old arcade yes. games and stuff. It's very, but... actually very rare for you to talk about anything that's not, like, made pre-1996. Yeah. Arcade games. I rarely play, play PC games, but uh, right. this is fun because I can play it with my friends back home. But, yeah, I've had the expansion for, like, about a week or so, I guess, yeah. right when it came out. But they really rolled it out pretty nicely because uh, the weekend before it came out, they had like an, a bonus Blizzard did. So it's like a 100% bonus for experience points. Basically, in order to get to you leveled up. Oh, man, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, so it was a really good idea. So mm-hmm. it got people excited. And also, they had the 2.0 patch, right. which is the loot patch. and uh, Basically that- made it so you actually got the loot you wanted right. when you beat a boss instead of like getting a large hammer when you're a wizard or something. Right. A lot of other little tweaks that I think really everyone says add add a lot to it. But, uh, you know, I'm not, like, super knowledgeable about all the little details of Diablo 3. But the right. expansion is cool. Um, let me think. Uh, the the one downside is everybody's playing the new class. It's a crusader, right. kind of. So he's like a paladin. And everyone plays that. So when you play online, it's like you're playing with Hard a bunch of... Hard to find anybody else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm still playing with an old school character, a witch doctor. And that's that's really fun. I mean, I don't know what else to... to how to describe well, it. Well, t- tell us about the uh, the crusader. I mean, is it... You said it was like a paladin. So I guess yeah, they have like healing yeah. spells and... He's kind of like a mid-range character. So he can get in uh, melee attacks. But he also has a kind of uh, ranged attacks as well. Uh, super powerful. Um, he has these cool things where he like spins around his weapons and they like hover around him like telekinesis style uh, and he just nails, like, nails bad guys. Kind of like a ring of thorns style like if you get yeah. hit they'll hit back or something. So like when that. Diablo 3 first came out a lot of people complained about it like people were just really unhappy and dissatisfied with it but it seems like they've turned it around they've now. Really I see a lot of people around. talking about well, it. Well they got rid really of the auction lately. house. They really have I heard about that. Yeah. But like what, what kind of things have they done to make it better? Well I think that was kind of the main thing is that they were more stingy with the loot. Yeah. I think in hopes that you would be more on the auction house, which is stupid, I think, because you're already paying $60 for the game. Right. Like, you know, why drop extra money on the auction house? So they mm-hmm. made it more like Diablo 2, where, you know, you just grind for, for gear and you get it. And also, they also have it so where you can get uh, the gear that's tailored to your character. They tweak that somehow. Yeah. Um, a lot of other little tweaks, like with the character strengths. Also, the difficulty now is, is quite different. Um you pretty much can stick to one difficulty and play through the whole game and level to level 60 if you want. You don't have to keep on replaying uh, the same campaign over and over again. Really? Do they? So is this the the, the uh, what is this an expansion? I guess. Yes. Yeah, did this expansion yeah. come out for the console versions too? Or no, not yet. PC? Do you know when it's coming? Uh, it's going to come. I think later in the year, or maybe yeah, later in the year, it's going to be uh, an extra edition that's maybe going to have other tweaks. I'm not too uh, familiar and, with the console. And Diablo Three is not out for PS4 yet, right? It, it's mm-hmm. out for. Not for PS4. Oh, PS4 no. It's out for PS3 for yeah, sure. I've seen I, it's they've even they've announced it for that, and I, I think they recently announced it for Sirius on the Xbox One, but I don't know. I That's what I'm waiting for PS4, basically. I, I think they did announce that the expansion is coming to Xbox One, like, all yeah. included. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? I think that's what the, the whole deal is. But um, yeah, I really want to play it. But you know, not being like a super PC gamer, I'm kind of waiting for it to hit PS4. So right. PS4 is like my it's like my backup PC. Like a lot, a lot of games said, that I wanted to play on PC, I'm playing on right. PS4. A lot of the a lot of people said the console version of Diablo 3 was way better than the yeah. the actual original Diablo 3. So really, yeah, right. just because it plays better, menus better, hmm. like it doesn't have the auction house. And from what I've heard, like Blizzard used a lot of the feedback and what they learned from making the console version, and then patched the PC. PC version right to reflect what they learned yeah cool so so definitely worth waiting for um, All right. on the blizzard tip 
Uh, I got into the uh, uh, the Heroes of the Storm Alpha. Um, How'd you manage that? I don't know. I mean, I, I signed up for all Blizzard betas, and I almost okay. never get into them, but I got into this one. Um, and uh, That's the Dota-like game you were it talking is, about? It is, it is like... So if Dota 2 is like Dark Souls, mm-hmm. then like League of Legends is um, Devil May Cry and Heroes of the Storm. I don't is, follow your now. Hold on. All, Heroes, of, <laughs> Heroes, of, Heroes of the Storm is like Lego Harry Potter. Uh, okay. So, uh, what? so you play a witch. Why did you, why did you say? Yeah. Why? Casual. It's very casual. It is like my first, like anybody who's Dota curious, anybody who's who wants to get into MOBAs, but uh-huh. like... You know, the hour-long games, having to study facts for hours and, you know, not knowing what you're doing for the first hundred hours. Like, if that's too daunting for you, which is Okay, so they tried to make it user-friendly. Same way they did with WoW, right? Not just user-friendly, but just, like, the whole game has been streamlined. Games in Heroes of the Storm last for, like, maybe 15 minutes Mm. as opposed to, like, 45 minutes. Um, Like, they do things where... Like, I, I guess to compare it, like... As a base, Dota 2 is a game where you play your one character and you basically try to kill enemies, whether they be playable characters or uh, creeps, to level up your guy enough to basically fend off the other team and destroy their base. Mm-hmm. And in this game, basically, it's it's very team-oriented, so everybody levels up at the same time. You're staring, sharing one experience bar, so nobody gets stronger than the other uh. on your team. It's really weird, and I don't know how it's going to work out in competitive play yet, but like it's very like lax. Um, one thing I will say, though, uh, the tutorial for this game is way better at explaining how MOBAs work than any other hmm. MOBA tutorial I've ever played. Like, And this is the first time it's been playable? Yes. Uh, outside of like BlizzCon or something, I'm guessing. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, like first impressions were. It's. I think people who are hardcore into Dota are gonna hate the shit out of this game because they're like, it's for babies. There's no shop. You, Haters. You know, like you, there's like auto heal potions and like all sorts of just like really really casual stuff. But I think a lot of people who just don't get Dota, right, and like League of Legends is too like weird and anime and just like hodgepodge of bad art, uh, will be into Heroes of the Storm. I think it's definitely like a game like John, you should play because <laughs> because um, it's the other games are too complicated. Well, no, me. it's because <laughs> you don't have enough. You know, you don't. No, have it, actually, it sounds like appealing to me. It sounds. I mean, it, as appealing as one of those games might be. Like, right. if I, it sounds like something I would want to try out because I've, I've always been curious about the genre, but I don't have the time to like, exactly. Really so, invest if in you're it. someone who doesn't have the time or like doesn't want to spend the time. Then this game, like just going through the tutorial, will be like, oh, okay, I see what this is about. It's free to play, right? It's free to play. It's it's more like on the LOL, like League of Legends side, where like there's like a rotation every week of different free characters you can play as, and then you can play the game and get money to uh, buy new characters, or you can just buy them with money. Um, and that also applies to skins and stuff like that. They also launched, um, what do you call it this week, right on iPad? Um, Hearthstone. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and only out in Canada, New Zealand, and Australia, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's so. like it's what people do nowadays when they test their games. So I had heard about that. I mean, I know you know when they first announced that there was a little bit of buzz, but then that kind of went quiet. But we have some friends. I have some friends anyway who are like crazy about that game. Like mm-hmm. they were like basically like setting up accounts in Australia to like download it early and everything. Like super right. hardcore. I'll probably do that this weekend. Actually, I have. Have you Can- played it? I have a Canadian account. Yeah, I've played the BC version, but like I 
played the PC version, went through the tutorial stuff, and then I was like, okay, I'm waiting for the iPad version. Mm. And now the iPad version is out. Speaking of iPad, real quick aside, um, FTL, Faster Than Light, is out for iPad. That's another purchase I'll be making this weekend. Please check that out. Yeah, I believe it's 10 bucks um, Uh, for the iPad version. Super Genius slash Dragon Quest Zelda walking (laughs) encyclopedia slash x84. Yes. Superman. Super uh, Friend, Family, Andy uh, Church. Andy Church. Did and the port. he's really good. So I, I'm betting that the port is actually really, really well done. I'm super Indeed. excited to check it out. Indeed. Uh, but I'll probably be playing that this weekend. Did anybody have a chance to play Mercenary Kings? I guess no. 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 I got it. I haven't played it yet. I've only played it for five minutes, but uh, I'm already I'm already slightly annoyed by the fact that the split screen... Like, I just wanted to say this one thing, but like <laughs> it, the game is split screen and multiplayer right. when you do couch multiplayer. And it's like a vertical split. So like left player has the left side of the screen, right player has the right side of the screen, uh-huh. but it's not full screen. So it's like, it's, it's even further. It's like a quarter of like, you only get like a corner of the screen. What because else is the there? Bottom, black space? The bottom is like a map. It's like you're playing a uh-huh. Nintendo two, DS game hmm. and it's like super small and you can't read anything and it makes <laughs> multiplayer really difficult. JJ's the only person I know who ever has trouble reading stuff. You had the problem with what was it? Final was it Final Fantasy? There was some game. No, where it was like, it was Monster Hunter. But that was like legit. Like it was like you'd have to be on the TV to read because <laughs> they didn't set the resolution right. But this game, like for real, like let me have the whole screen or do like a horizontal split so I can actually see things. Well, Shane was talking about playing it with Mark um, yes. this week while he was in San Francisco, so maybe he'll have something to right. say about I'm it I'm going to play it more time. over the weekend, but uh, Haruki wasn't impressed. What else? <laughs> <laughs> Haruki gives the GamePro uh, sad face. He said, no, no. <laughs> this, no. this one, no. That's what he said. <laughs> what else? What else? Uh, so PSN's been hot lately. There's been a bunch of cool stuff. Fez came out. Yes, finally. I downloaded that. And I think now I could put my Xbox 360 away forever because that was the one game that I was right. like I hadn't finished and I was keeping it out for, but now I have it on PS4. I, I basically and I stopped playing that game because of the frame rate. And, was the frame and rate like, a problem? And, and like it crashed a lot. Yeah, on the 360 it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like it's it took forever to get on the Vita. It's yeah. really smooth. It's really great on the PS4 too. So I've been playing that, um, enjoying it. That's a really cool game. That's a game like I don't. I'm not. I don't feel like. Um, qualified to comment on it until I finish it because I've right. heard so many people talking about it as they played through it and like lots of weird stuff going on and like you know the stuff with the with the with the letters and everything yes. and like I don't understand a lot of it yet so I don't feel like I can talk about it but I really like the the music and the art mm-hmm. music's great and the pacing is a little slow for my taste like I, I I feel like I wish I could move a little faster yes if if you could run a little that's faster, one thing yeah. and the other thing is um that I noticed was that like I, I I can't understand the map I don't no matter how hard I try I cannot understand the map or right. like read it so I basically am exploring blind because I can't figure out how the map works and it's not like I mean I know like I'm probably missing something simple but I think right. that's one failing is that the the map was not made it's, navigation is not easy in that game because you can't really figure out what the hell the map is yeah basically you just have to memorize and notice what's in the background and then right but it's super super beautiful and it has amazing style and atmosphere like more so than really any game in the last couple of years I think it has such a great like world yeah so I'm gonna play more I'm excited agreed um, and let's take it a little bit back to Japan for a second. Uh, Japan. So this is a game series I barely know anything about. I played it a little bit in college with some of my friends because it's a really... What is po- it? Well, I'm getting to there. <laughs> it's a really popular uh, tournament game here in Japan, but it's a uh, Gundam Break Maxi <laughs> Burst. 
Gundam versus uh, Extreme Maxi Boost. Yes, Gundam, <laughs> Gun- Gundam versus Extreme Maxi Boost. Maxi Boost. Maxi yeah. Boost is better than Full Boost, apparently. Yes, Full Boost was the last version. <laughs> there's wow. Max, and then there's Maxi yeah. Boost. I Maxi do believe though so, that this has now become the most popular arcade series in Japan. Yeah, it's like, it's huge. Everywhere you go, it's one of like it's not a fighting game per se, but it's like one of the biggest like competitive. It's like a virtual sort of yeah. tournament of, battler, almost like a sort of arena battler. Yeah. Like, are you controlling the mechs yourself? Yes. Yeah. So you pilot a Gundam. And basically, you lock on. It's two versus two, and you lock on to one target, and then you're kind of like circle strafing them. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit almost like Anarchy Reigns or something like this, right? But like, it's well, very the, fast-paced. It sounds like Virtual On. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But I always found Virtual On very difficult to control. Mm. Like quite sort of. Did you have Twin Sticks? I did um, have Twin Sticks. Really? Yeah. Well, in the arcades. Yeah. Oh, okay. And like, I don't know. This is very very fast-paced, and the community is. The community is almost like a fighting game community. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of discussion about, like, what tier units are and, like, the cost of them. And, is like, there a lot of, like, customization of the mechs and stuff? Or There's or you... no customization. It's just, here are your units. They have different costs associated. And then when you die, you use a... Are there a lot of different units? There's, yeah, there's... By unit, do you mean, like, like a Gundam is a unit? No, it's, it... a, yeah, like a okay. Gundam unit. But, mm-hmm. like... I actually, Gundams. I'm not hugely into Gundam, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like, oh, this is a awesome robot fighting game. Hmm. And like, mm. it's one of the few like PS3 exclusives that's never left Japan. I'm yeah. Like, now that I think about it, I don't think it's ever come out in America. Mm, someone's going to correct me on that. Maybe one of them has creeped out, but... Yeah. Wait, me. it's a P... But you're, you're talking about the arcade version though, right? Yeah, I played the arcade version, but... But I it's also on, it PS3. on PS3? It's also on PS2. That's how old the series is. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. a long-running series. On PS2, it's been iterated. I uh, Zaft versus Federation, like, yeah, you know, something like all that. the names are kind so of. So is that crazy. the one when you go to the arcade here, where there's like usually like a room off to the side, where with all the Gundams in it, like they have like six or seven of them side by side, or is that you're not thinking the pods where you actually get in the pod? Are you? No, okay, I want yeah. to play that though. That sounds cool. <laughs> it is really cool because the screen is like this; it's curved and like it sucks you it's like this giant vr helmet that you're you put your whole body in i don't like that pod game (laughs) it does make you sick a bit but uh yeah you guys have been playing it or i've been playing yeah gundam like quite a lot recently why just out of curiosity like what what drove you to like go to the arcade and play games oh well i actually started playing it like when i first came to japan like when i was like 18 in the arcades Mm -hmm. just because it was like an interesting one to try out Mm -hmm. and then like i got really into like in uni playing it like competitively really me and my friend would go to the arcade we would play it then we'd go get drunk and go back to the arcade and try playing again and like we even would go to like the location tests and things like this like i kind of got very into it and like i would read like the japanese wiki about like unit balancing and what they're doing and it's just a very yeah. interesting like i often kind of think of it as like the true like it's almost like a proper 3d fighter where so, you can boost up and like side you can fly for times and like what does it cost to play is it a hundred yen a game it's a hundred yen a game so like a dollar yeah and yeah. how long does the game last it depends like if you're doing pvp then you know it's probably going to be sort of like two minutes three minutes hmm. but if you're fighting against the cpu i'd say it's probably like 25 minutes is there like a single player mode basically yeah there's like a uh, like a branching mode where like there's five stages I want to say and like you choose and then like they're different difficulties and it reaches like an end boss interesting Um, but it's an interesting game for like it's a PS3 exclusive that as far as I'm aware has never left Japan or certainly Asia Mm. but you kind of don't really need any Japanese to play the PS3 version oh really yeah it's like 
there's nothing really complicated there, and it's a really interesting and like hmm. deep game. It's surprising how because Gundam's a pretty universal series, so you would think they would release it. But I think the problem is that they have almost every single Gundam series. It's a in licensing, there. yeah. yeah and there's like yeah. probably like forty years of licensing right. rights going right. on, and yeah, that's got to be a pain. Yeah, must have been hard to get into it at first, right? Because it's so competitive. You know, it's like challenging a master at Street Fighter Third Strike. That's know? why I don't like playing arcade games in Japan, really, because like everybody is like ridiculously good. So yeah. the nice yeah. thing about this is some arcades will set it where there's lines where you can fight on, and some arcades will set it where it's like, okay, this Shulky. machine is only versus CPU. And you kind of use those yeah. to practice and uh, get good. Yeah, yeah. But no, it is kind of like... The scene for it is kind of crazy. Like, when the new version came out, I remember going to play it, like, three days after release. And I was fighting against some guy, and he just basically almost perfected me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, how's this guy so good? And, like, there's cards that, like, say how many matches you played. And in three days, he'd played something like 360 matches. Jeez. Which is, like, $360 worth yeah. of playing the game. Uh, well, like, it, it, it's not winner stays, loser pays, or I mean, it, yeah, I guess like he could just have been constantly winning, but right. like, man, it was just like, there's no way I can compete against someone like this. Like, it's probably like on a dev team or something, right? <laughs> the other thing is like we're in the 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 middle of Tokyo, where all of Japan's best arcade gamers live for the most part, anyways, and like basically anywhere you go, it's like tournament level competitive players well, yeah i go to my local arcade and ask a guy and that's kind of like yeah there's no one there <laughs> so All what right. else uh so what else we can uh john you've been playing some boom beach apparently i have but i don't think the people who listen to this podcast probably want to hear about right. boom beach what but about I, uh, monument valley monument valley i only played like an hour of um, really so you're like almost done then yeah i played no i did like the first i guess that's true an hour is probably too much i played like a half hour i did like the first three or four levels okay. it's a super cool super pretty yes game i heard it's very short it is very short um, I'm, I'm on the last stage you're on the last stage um it's very it's not hard like it's right. uh, it's it's pretty but it's very easy so yeah. far like it, it's meant to look it, like it's complicated but it doesn't it didn't take it long gets a little bit more difficult but nothing has been has kept me stumped for mm. like more than two minutes but i saw a bunch of people talking about it on twitter and it has a really nice art style yeah um it's basically echo chrome it is Echo Chrome, essentially, where you're guiding this like little princess around to get to the goal, like from start to the finish, right. and by by rotating, you can rotate certain blocks or like lift them and and move them around, and it plays with the perspective. So like it might look like there's no way to get up something, but if you rotate something like 45 degrees, suddenly like right. you know a floor that was under you is now above you because of the dirt, because of the viewpoint or whatever, yeah. and like you can move around that way. It's they, cool. I like it. Yeah. After the third stage, they kind of expand on things a little bit. They add a little bit more variables. Mm-hmm. I mean, it never gets... I don't think it gets ever, like, too crazy, but, like, uh, I mean, it does kind of... Like, if you're kind of like, okay, I've seen this before, it does get a little bit... Um, I don't know. I, w- I don't want to say better, because it's it, it's good from beginning to end, but... Uh, I could see how some people might be upset that it's $4, because um, $4... Uh, to me, that's fine, but, I mean, I think a lot of people expect... Yeah. Like, have a certain expectation of what a game is on iOS, if it's going to cost more right. than, like, $2, basically. Um, but it's, but so it's not beautiful. super long, but it's... It's so beautiful, though. It is really pretty. And, like, some of the later... It's really stylish, stylish so too. Good. It's not just the art and the graphics in the game, but like the UI and stuff is really nice oh, yeah. too. Like the guys who did it obviously are really artistically. I, I like when you when you clear a stage, it uh, has a little button to take a picture. Yeah, just because like the ending of this, the, each stage is very like picturesque and really cool looking. That like you would want to keep that. Yeah, I tweeted a picture from oh, one nice. of the stages. Yeah, it's it's really nice. 
but yeah, it is only an hour hour ish long. I almost beat it on my train ride home today, but uh, I, I wasn't able to. I got to the last stage though, uh, and I'm really liking it. Um, go, going back, I'm gonna go back to Boom Beach just for a minute. Like okay. I don't want to get into it too much, but I, I do want to mention what it is for people who don't know. It's like the latest um, free to play game from Supercell. Yes, um, we're we're super tight with those guys. Uh, we we localized their games into Japanese, and like so, you know, obviously take everything I say about them with a grain of salt but right. but seriously um, you know they make really good really popular games Clash of Clans is like one of the what top two most highest grossing games in the world Yes, and um, this was the first game that's come out from them since I was like aware of their existence like I, I, I've known of their last games after they got popular but this right. one is the first one that's come out after I've known about them so I decided mm-hmm. to try and play it and um you know it's interesting like I, I understand better all the arguments for and against free-to-play gaming after having played this as much because i'm playing it like pretty religiously now like i basically check my phone every like 30 minutes to see if i'm ready (laughs) to do something else yet like i'm not paying for anything because i I haven't got to a point yet where i felt like i need to yeah the game is good about like letting you do things it's pretty good like it's i think what um i think they are the masters of their craft and they know exactly how to make these kind of games but i feel like this game still being new maybe still has some balance issues like they still they're still but that's what they do they work on those like right they'll update them constantly based on how players play and like you know I think at the moment it's still a little early but like I don't I basically haven't been able to like not look at my phone since I started playing it um, I w- so I better understand the appeal now I think than I when did before I was, when I was into it the most I uh, cause I downloaded, downloaded it from the uh, Canadian store a long time ago right and uh like I would wake up in the middle of the night just so I could set up another build right to go on while I was asleep yeah, go wait, like the funniest thing is the first day after I got it, I woke up in the morning, and you know you're in that like daze when you wake up, and then it's like, oh man, I bet you I have so much I can do in the game now because like I let it go for like eight hours or whatever. Right. So of course I turned on Boom Beach and started playing. But like, I think like um, it's a different kind of like it's not like I wake up and I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to see the next level of like Super Mario or whatever. Right. I'm so excited about this game. It's more like this thing that is now this drug-like thing that is like basically yes. tapping into my OCD is calling me and I have to get back to it that's what it, it's more like it's, right. it's feeding on that it's not, it's not like I'm going to come back a week from now and be like that was the greatest game ever but it's a really well-designed game that makes you want to keep back keep coming back and keep playing basically it, so, it's work work yeah. the game I, I think so yeah. yeah wait so just to clarify so it's using like an energy system where like you can only do a certain amount of actions or like uh, no like Basically, you have resources, and you you, you use those resources. You can only build one thing at a time. So, like, you can go out and you can attack people, and, and it's pretty cheap to attack people and do all that stuff. But, like, basically to Cheap increase, meaning, like, it doesn't cost that much resources. Yeah, resources. But, like, to actually improve your situation in the game, you have to build something, and that always just takes time. So that's, like, the limiting factors. You... You have to wait for stuff to build, or you use gems to, and then you can. And the gems are what the cost gems, money if you want to buy more. I mean, you'll get them here and there. I mean, you can. I haven't. I've managed to keep my gems above a hundred so far without ever dipping below. Yeah. Because you know, unless you, unless you're wasteful, like the the longest something is going to take is like three or four hours, maybe for you now. Know. For now, yeah. No. But um, one thing that's good about it, I, I guess I am end up ending up talking about it after all. But um, it has leaderboards, and you know, you can attack. You can basically attack other people's villages will show up in your map and you can attack them and they can raid you as well and right. like so it feel the, the multiplayer element I guess does also tap into that sort of competitive thing a little yes. bit so it's not just like your typical free to play game in that sense well the ones I've played anyway because I'm basically like 
you know, I'll, I'll turn it on and then I'll, somebody like got my village and I'll be pissed off and then I want to go back after them and get theirs or like, you know, right. there's like sort of that kind of feeling. It feels too. good when someone tries to attack your And you defend and, it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, that's out now. It's free. It's yes. on iOS. Um, Try it out. Yeah. Um, and uh, do you want to talk about uh, left browsers a little bit or? You guys talked about it last week, right? We did. I don't have much to say. I really like it. Okay. It's, um, cool. it's, it's, it's got an interesting control scheme. Left Browsers is a yes. shooting game for So is Vita. it the same thing as Galaxy? No, not at all. Oh, really? No. It, the controls are completely different? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's different. Um, Galaxy is more like uh, that old uh, arcade game. Um, what do you call it? Well, basically, Gal- Galaxy... Yeah, no, it's different. Basically, with Left Browsers, it's like you hold up or the R button, I guess the boost button, essentially, yeah. to like move your dude around. But you, you're going against gravity, for one. There's right. no gravity in space. Good um, And then, well, you know... Is. What? There is gravity. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, like, there's, lots, ship, of, there's lots of gravity in space. Your ship is not being pulled by anything. There, there's gra- so depending know. on how close you are to a large celestial body. Like I'm mass. talking about in actual, you know, outer space, not like near a planet or a moon or anything. I'm, I'm talking about that. Too. But aren't we all in space if you think about it? Y- yeah, man. All right. Oh uh, no, Chris is on And so, um, but the uh, the 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 way you can customize your ship yes. and the way you can like basically. Um, the one thing that was weird about it is the is the co- the the color scheme. Uh, but I heard like you can unlock more. I guess oh, as you play, it's very sepia. Yeah, I think you can unlock more. Yeah, I haven't played enough yet to see, but but I really dig it, so I'm going to play it more. Okay. Um, Just while we get to the long list of games that I why still don't need we to get play. to the news? Tom, where's my news theme? News. Okay. <laughs> um, so two really big, actually, let's say three big things happened over the last two weeks. Uh, well, GDC happened. GDC happened. Did you guys talk about that We already? talked a little bit about GDC, but not too much. Um, John, you want to talk a little bit about your GDC experience? Um, I mean, GDC was awesome, as always. Like, I always come out of GDC feeling, like, super inspired to, yeah. like, do stuff. And a lot of, we had a lot of cool stuff going on. You know, we run the... We've talked about it before, but we run the Japanese speeches at GDC. Mm-hmm. And... Um, this year we had uh, we had Yokosan from from who did like Dragon Garden Near. His talk was really good. It was yeah. really interesting, actually inspiring too. Like you don't always go to these. Sometimes you go to learn. Sometimes you go to be inspired. But his was particularly inspiring. I thought um, basically like explaining how he like feels like he failed to do what he really wants to do as a game designer, which is to like break outside the boundary of what is considered like acceptable in games and like yeah. do stuff outside that circle. But he was basically encouraging people to keep trying to do that. Um. And like Maurice Dasan, the guy from Puzzle and Dragons, had a full house, and they were talking about how they of made course. their game, and that was really interesting. And speaking of GDC, the GDC queen just walked in. GDC queen. <laughs> um, but you know, there was uh, who who else did um, the Final Fantasy fourteen guy gave a talk that yeah. was really well received. There was a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, and I I heard about this one like this guy who I, I think he used to make like these games called Ca- Castle Vania Castlevania. <laughs> I, I heard Fair he enough. gave a speech, Mr. Ega. Yeah, was that any good? His speech was packed too. It was. It was good. Yeah, it was really interesting. It essentially turned out to be like a, a how we made Castlevania Symphony of the Night talk, <laughs> right. more or less. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. Yeah, he had like some little graphics that he had made himself, like probably in Microsoft Paint. And, like, <laughs> I think he pro- yeah, um, probably made but, them in PowerPoint. Yeah, but that that was actually really really interesting. Everybody's rooting for him now. You know, he's, yeah. he's going indie, and so mm-hmm. hopefully hope cool things will come of that. But um, apologies for all the noise in the background, by the way. Right. We're recording this in the middle of a work day. Yes. So. so all sorts of things are happening right now. But other stuff at GDC, too, there was just like, you know, we had... You want to come in, Hiroko? Sure. Come have a seat. 
sit on some there's some starbursts you can sit on here. Welcome, Mrs. Hiroko Minamoto. She's not married, JJ. Yeah, Miss. 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 Miss Hiroko. Miss Hiroko. Minamoto. How you Hello. doing? We were I'm just talking good. a little bit about GDC. GDC, yeah. I, you know, I actually haven't heard much about... I didn't ask you about GDC because I wanted to wait till everybody got back. But uh-huh. tell me about GDC. What happened? What was? What's the haps? The haps. So a what, lot what, of things... How many times did you cry? Uh, zero times. Oh, great. Uh-huh. That's, that's a good GDC. <laughs> no, no. No, that was wrong answer. Um, every time one of our speakers <laughs> made a speech, it was all, always touching. Kind I of. see. Right, Those right. kind of tears. Yes. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. I we, approve. We uh, we went and saw some other people's talks too. Like uh, Ryan Payton did a talk on Republic, and that okay. was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Talking about how you know, basically, trying to tell people like where they failed and how you know others can try yeah. and not. But it was super interesting, right? Um, right. And the Yu Suzuki one. Yeah, oh yeah, Suzuki I really liked that, that really talk. Good. Was really yeah. good, actually. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about that. So uh, he basically went up there. Mm-hmm. Half of the internet was like, "Here comes the Kickstarter. Here comes right. the Kickstarter." <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't announce anything. Nope. Uh, but he, he kind of did afterwards in an interview, I think, with well, Polygon or something. I think it was Silicon Era or something. I mean, he basically said that he's looking into it, but he's been saying that forever. I mean, right. What yeah. else is he mm. going to say? You yeah. Know? yeah. And everybody has been expecting Shenmue 3. So, for like, that's just, what, for, like, how many 15 years? years? 15 I know. years. The, <laughs> so. the true story, the first gift my wife mm-hmm. bought me uh, when we first started going out was the European version of Shenmue 2 for Dreamcast. Oh, after the American one was canceled. <laughs> yeah, after I'm the sure American she, one was canceled. I'm sure canceled. She, she just figured out wow. on her own that that was something that would be worth buying for you right now. No, I, told, I was like, <laughs> no she, hints. she's like, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, ah, that one. Like, um, actually, I'll take the European Shenmue. <laughs> yeah. And I, hey, I played through it and mm-hmm. I loved it. It's one of my favorite games. And I have that too. I, have I was in love forever. After that, well, it was yeah. super interesting because he talked about I, like I'm not a Shenmue nerd, so I don't know like all the details that were out before. But he he said a lot of this stuff was never shown before. But he mm-hmm. talked yes. about how it started out as Virtua Fighter RPG, you uh-huh. know, right. Akira's Quest, or whatever. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was kind of known. I, yeah, right. I remember Berkeley. way back yeah. in the beginning there was there, right. I mean not in detail it wasn't known, but it was yeah. known that that was like the root of where it started. Mm-hmm. And there he were, talked about yeah like you know how it was they were making it for Saturn and yes. like, different things. He, we, he had some we, really funny anecdotes like. The thing about did you did you see it or did you get to watch I did, it? I didn't get to watch it. No. He mm. talked about how like when they were making the game, they had like they were talking about the different scripting systems they had for the mm-hmm. villagers and stuff. And right. like there was one um, really awesome crash bug they had where uh, villagers um, were like they would you know they'd all go on a predetermined path every yes. day. Well. One day he they went into town and like nobody was there and they didn't know what happened and right. basically everybody was in the convenience store because <laughs> they all went in the convenience store and then one guy got stuck in the door and they couldn't get out. Oh no! So everybody was like stuck. So the whole town was basically in the convenience store. Just, like, <laughs> like so an the empty, town was like empty. Like a scene yeah. from Resident yeah. Evil. I think he also talked about like some of the story that he was planning. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for it, when it was still like virtual fighter I, RPG. I did see right. a picture of kind of like where everything was supposed to happen with right. like, a little image next. He to it. said that there was like eleven chapters mm. and there was like you know much greater plans for it originally mm-hmm. than what I guess eventually turned out to be. I right. see. Cool. Right. Um, it, it was interesting. He showed artwork too that no one's ever seen before. Right. They had art for like each of the different chapters mm-hmm. and stuff. <laughs> How was Mark Cerny? He, he was, was great. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was awesome. He yeah. he did the translation for that speech. We did the Q and A, but he did the he did oh, the main cool. thing. Right. But yeah, he was he was really good. I mean, I, 
it sounded like he was so good it sounded like he had it prepared beforehand but then there was like one or two parts where he was like I don't know what he just said it was really funny sorry your interpreter failed you no he did have a script but um, I think there was some stuff that was added on mm. like those two go way back right I mean I was at GDC as well so I was there but mm-hmm. I don't know I wasn't sure why those two were doing it yeah, together used, Mark Cerny used to work at Sega I mean they've been oh, okay. for, for okay. years so. like during the QA the first question was are you going to make Shenmue 3 and then of course. Yeah, I don't know if you course. remember but he looked at Mark uh, oh he did he was like like give me the money I'll go make it right <laughs> <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> so speaking of Shenmue three, uh, jumping Phil ahead Spencer? a little, yeah, Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer, Phil Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer, brave Spencer Musashi, uh, was talking about how he. I'm looking for the article, but he was. Uh, I think he basic- said that biggest request was is the for Shenmue always 3. asking for Shenmue three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and last time you saw Shenmue was on an Xbox system. That's true. Uh, what do you think the... L- That's probably why we didn't get three. Oh. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, l- uh, let's just finish up GDC talk real quick. And mm. uh, Anything else cool that you saw there? Did you guys try Morpheus? Mark did. What uh, the fuck? I was... Because we, we had a... Uh, we had a... I had an opportunity to, but sadly I passed on it because we were doing... We had a speech going on right yeah. at the same time. You you are songs. literally the one person I wanted to try Morpheus because you are 3D blind. That's and I right. to see if it works. Well, you, I've tried Oculus. I don't think it's going to be any different. I know a lot about Morpheus. I mean, I have mm-hmm. known about it for a while. There's diff- you know, there's a lot to know. So, like, I, I mean, everything I've heard about it is that it basically stands up to the Oculus that we know. Right. right. That said, Oculus now has, like, $2 billion to... Yes. Make and amazing things happen. We're so about to get into that. We'll mm-hmm. see where that's going. But um, yeah, yeah. Mark, uh, Mark said that the demo he played. He'll, he'll talk more about it, I'm sure. But like, uh, did you? There was do a the problem with thing? one of the demos. No, but I saw that, and that's amazing. That's but not like consumer can, level, right? You can control basically control video games with your eyeballs. They had that's this crazy. eye tracking yeah. thing set up crazy with uh, in eyeballs. Infamous, I right. think it was, where mm. by looking at the screen, the the game can tell what you're looking at. So you can you can basically <laughs> point the um the uh, targeting for your gun or whatever right. like basically where you're looking and it's yeah. like it's instant it's not like there's no time to wait for the mouse to move you know mm-hmm. it's like it's like having like f- totally free movement like a so like you could just ball or something so you could basically just you know press the a button and look at enemies and they'll die so you optic no blast <laughs> optic blast there you go you no mm. longer have to play your games yeah you, you can just, just hold a and look them. at things you just think them a it's lot a, of people were like who crazy. tried it were right. like oh my god this is the future and really everything. but but other people have said too, tech-wise, like it's not something we're going to see anytime soon. Right. It like, sounds like something that's more applicable for VR. So, like, you right. can look at, you can actually look at people in the world and mm-hmm. they'll look back at you and stuff like that. Sounds oh. like a really cool application. Whole mm. day and look at things, really? Yeah. Well, look at people. Like, oh. I'm looking at you. You know, eye contact. That's oh, going to be important yeah. with VR. That's pretty crazy. Yes. Freaky. Anything else? Did you guys play any games that were like, oh man, this is cool at GDC? Do they have a lot in this way? <laughs> yeah, we don't, because we're super busy at GDC, right, yeah. so we don't really get to actually go around and see yeah, too much stuff or play too much stuff. My schedule is totally, like, mm. packed um, back to end, so, oh, like, even, right. like, the whole week was packed, so Just I didn't get to see anything um, outside of the speeches that um, we handled, but... Didn't you guys do a quiz thing? Yeah, oh, we I did. saw we pictures did of the, that. Tell me about the quiz. <laughs> we did the I Am 8-Bit game show. They yeah. had a, they had this like game show stage set up at GDC where people could come. And there, there's like three contestants in a variety of categories. 
and they fire trivia. It's trivia, basically. And yes. They, they throw questions at each person. Every everybody goes for like I think it was like a minute each, and you answer as many questions as you can in that minute. And then you tally up your points, and then there's like a bonus round with like one question right. where they read the back of a box or they read like an Amazon description of a game, and the first person to get it gets five points. And <laughs> right. so, so, cool. so, how did you guys yeah. do? It was fun. So, they asked us to come on as mm-hmm. like the retro EGM, you know, uh, whatever. It was like, you, um, Mark, and Shu. Me, Shoe, Mark, right? and Dan Shu, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Shu had played before, so, you know, Shu had done this once already, so I uh, knew are already. You starting to say some. No, uh-oh. I did well. Uh, no, I did well, but <laughs> he had played before, so what he did was he picked a category. There's one category where they read you the name of a game, and then you have to get guess the Metacritic within, like, I think it was five points over oh, under. Mm-hmm. But the thing God. about that wow. is when you. when He's smart. He's, he's a bastard. He's like this. You have one minute to uh-huh. basically answer as many as possible. Right. That's really easy to rapid fire through the questions because they're just game names and you're just throwing out numbers. So, like, you right. can get a higher chance of getting a lot of points ah. in that one minute. So, he got seven points. Uh-huh. Um, and then Mark went. Mark picked, like, classic arcade machines. I think he got, like, three points. So, it was, like, uh-huh. seven to three. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I picked um, Nostalgia, which I thought was just about Nintendo games, but turns out it's just about retro anything. Uh-huh. But I got seven points on normal Ooh. questions. Ooh. Um, and I, and I, <laughs> I got, take that shoe. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, um, they, they, so then it was bonus round. It was seven, three, seven, shoe, Mark, and me. And then mm-hmm. uh, they read the back of the box thing, and Mark actually got it. So Mark had oh. to come from behind. Eight, seven, seven, <laughs> well, victory. What was, wow. what was, it what was, was the, the wonderful, game? The wonderful 101. What was it? Oh, the wonderful yeah. 101. So it was Aww. a really, it was a really fun game. It was cool. Not even a retro game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there, there were tons of different categories. So you know, my the thing with my category, like I, 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 I said to the guy, I was like, you, you owe me a point because. The question I got was, what system did Earthbound first appear on? Mm-hmm. And right. so I said Famicom, because oh. that's the truth. But I, you know, after the fact, I realized, okay, I guess they're just talking about America. Well, technically, Earthbound only came out I know, Super technically. Yeah, but, so I got that one wrong, but boo. boo. It was really fun. It was, okay. it was a cool yeah. it, was, wow. it was great to see that picture of you guys in the old EGM alum, right. you know, as an old reader of EGM. It looked like you guys <laughs> were on yeah. like a set of uh, like a Price is Right knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> I think are you, are you talking about the dinner thing? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a bunch of old EGM guys got oh, together nice. for dinner and uh, tweeted the picture, and it like just blew up. Like, did the, you guys give a score to the dinner? Did you? The dinner was. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I would give it a eight point five. It was very okay. good. Yeah. <laughs> Silver award. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so okay, let's it's the actual actual news time. Uh, Facebook acquires yeah. Oculus yep. Rift. Boom for two Wow. billion dollars. Exciting. It's super exciting. At first, yeah. I was like, oh, God, Facebook, you know? But Yeah, um, so a lot of people were very upset by this news. Some people still are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tom, you were grimacing. I mean, there's two ways it can go, really, isn't it? There's right. one which is great, and they kind of leave Oculus to their you know, right. devices. Which is, for all intents and purposes, that's what they have been saying, and that is the plan. Yeah, it's just how much can you trust what they're saying, and like, I don't know, it's very... Mm. I worry about... When has Facebook Mark... And, Zuckerberg, is that that's his name, right? I think so. Yeah. When has he lied yeah. to you, Tom? He's just always lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, so I don't have like huge problems with Facebook like a lot of people do. But, and I also, I don't think there's really evidence of there's not like evidence in past acquisitions and stuff for people to feel nervous about this. Is there? Not that I know of, anyway. But I don't. It's, I, I, the thing that some... bothers me is that Facebook okay. is like this is super like yes. We are all about gathering a user base and then like selling, you know, making money off of them essentially. Mm-hmm. Whereas right. Oculus was more like kind of defining the future. Yeah. But, you know, according to all the interviews and stuff that came out afterwards from the Oculus guys and everyone else, it sounds like, I mean, Facebook is, is kind of 
viewing this as just like the future of social media, mm. which I think is totally true. Yeah. Mm. It could just be Second Life where everybody's got like like, you know, penis dresses on bumping into each other in their wolf suits. PlayStation what? home where everybody oh, like Shane is <laughs> dancing in his yeah, white night t-shirt. But the thing I'll tell you the moment that I sort of changed tune on this was um the guy they hired who um I forgot his name now but they, they hired like a really big dude from Valve to work on this project. He's mm-hmm. like the lead scientist I think is his title. And he wrote a he wrote a post about um you know why he chose to join the project and and he had mentioned in his post that like he like read the book Ready Player One. I don't know if you remember me talking about that on the yes. podcast a couple years I, ago. I've read most of it. He he like made the whole his whole team read that book. It's a book about this future world where everybody lives inside this kind of VR sort of social media slash game. Mm-hmm. It's like, Michael Abrash is his name. Though. Okay, yeah. And um and as stupid as a little thing that is, that really impressed me because like this guy is up in like the highest levels of like, you know, tech right now. Yeah. Even with the Valve stuff and everything, and yet he's telling people to read this book that's really written for like you know thirteen year olds. But like it right. really does po- pose this vision of the future that's like super intriguing and interesting in a full like VR world. Like I was thinking this morning, like so you know, f- Facebook has come out and said like you know they feel like this is the future of all sorts of this and that. And like I'm just thinking like in 10 years, 15 years, are we going to be going like how we Skype people during work hours? Are we going to be like jacking into their home worlds and like dressed up as ninjas and being like, hey man, are you, when are you going to have those files ready? Why not? Part necessary. Well, it, it could be a ninja, it could be a Viking. Noko. <laughs> well, I think I think somewhere down the line, possibly sooner than later, there is going to be some sort of social, um, you know, media, uh, what do you call it, network, I guess, that is right. based on VR. And I think mm. Facebook was smart to see that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm. I, I think whether or not it's actually going to be applicable and how they're going to wor- work with it, I don't know. But, um, you know, I think it was so far so good, basically. Did we'll you donate to the Kickstarter? Uh, I didn't donate to the Kickstarter, but I actually had, I did buy a, I, I pre-ordered an Oculus, the new one, before right. this happened. This mm-hmm. happened like four days after that, so I was like shocked. But, um, you know, Mark Mark donated to the Kickstarter, so we have one here in the office. Yes, we do. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've been following it for a while. Actually, super good friend of ours, Atman, is like one of the top guys at yeah. Oculus. Yes. He's like their lead, I forget what he is, lead engineer or something. But, um, so yeah, you know, we, we are watching them with like high expectation mm-hmm. and, and I right. think like I'm I'm pretty excited about where this is going because I'm telling you when I tried the Oculus it like blew my mind like it was you heard me like raving about it last right. year it's like this, yeah. is, this is the future I want to <laughs> try the one the puke proof one yeah me too yeah, like, is there a puke proof one the, new, the newer ones are, are less they, they less pixelated or? they're less pixelated less likely they're to get you motion sickness yeah, yeah. basically that. Mm-hmm. is there something in there specifically for that or are you just saying that no they, I mean they've developed things apparently to okay. make it like that yeah. um, they don't guarantee they don't tell you when you're going to get it they just so like I'm on the list but I don't know when it's actually going to well, now show that up. they've got yeah. an actual enough money to like set up warehouses and and yeah hopefully production chains hopefully that'll hopefully it'll mm-hmm. speed up but now you know we have a friend on the inside too maybe we can pull some strings Indeed. i want to get that thing soon. and the thing about mm-hmm. the facebook buyout is it really shows how this is going beyond gaming like yeah. very quickly right. and th- now you start to have write-ups in like forbes magazine about exactly. what the oculus riff is so people that are not following gaming are starting to catch on to this right. and i was impressed to see that facebook actually you know they kept on top of it and knew about this thing called the Oculus Rift. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where, like, um, you know, a lot of people, 
out of the gate, a lot of people were complaining about a whole bunch of different things, and a lot of people were complaining about like how it's losing its gaming focus, and like, well, now it's gonna be this and that, and they're gonna put a Facebook logo on it and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, like, guys, like, mm. as someone who wants this VR stuff to succeed, like, and and these guys specifically who are like really into their stuff, they know what they're doing. It's like an all-star dream team of right. developers too. And they're Even all John really, Carmack really, is really yeah, is. and they're all really like awesome dudes like these guys i want these guys to be successful like you know their technology the oculus rift itself is you know it's not that special like it's it's something that can be easily copied and a lot of places are trying to copy it right now including sony which we've seen who knows what microsoft's cooking up and whoever else is you know could potentially make a vr helmet i guess like razor is making one too um it's not going to be their field forever and they're gonna have to find some way to get a lot of money to compete with people like sony and razor who you know right so they can innovate and continue so like for me this is like twofold good that now they have a whole bunch of money and like everybody not just gamers are paying attention to it and it's going to be potentially much 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 bigger than we anticipated i think a lot of the backlash is like oh it's kickstart it was a huge success we don't need the investment money of facebook but right you know yeah it was a huge success on kickstarter but it's really small potatoes compared to what they need yeah no, the yeah, resources totally. they need and people are assuming that oculus would have been a huge success without facebook's investment money but from what i've heard Didn't they've actually way, been yeah. having to buy the scraps of like cell phone companies in order to make the right the hardware components but now they mm-hmm. can actually source it themselves right. and mm-hmm. they can negotiate Suppliers. deals to get custom parts and basically this needed difference. to happen like yeah. two and a half million dollars in some like venture capital isn't gonna do what they no. wanted and fortunately it's, they have it now it's funny something i never ever thought would in a million years have ever happened in my life is like you know when did the term VR first come up? Maybe like 20 years 90, ago, 92, years ago. something like that. And, you know, immediately I thought it was the lamest thing ever. Like, because <laughs> VR, you know, if you ever tried any of the VR stuff there, it right. was horrible garbage. So, Our like, tennis, I grew man. up with the word, the, even just the term itself, virtual reality being one of those things you laugh at, like retarded, like right. stupid, like just, this is just a dumb term. Whenever you, you never, whenever mm-hmm. you see, whenever I thought of VR up until the Oculus Rift, I thought of that, uh, uh, that music video by what's his name? Peter Gabriel. <sighs> Not Peter Gabriel, but, uh, I want my MTV. Oh, Dire Straits. Dire Straits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's basically every VR equals flat shaded polygons and mm. suspenders. But the funny thing about it, though, is like it, it, it is now suddenly I realized that in the last few months, or I guess in the last year, like I don't look on it with like you know I don't like think of it like in a bad way anymore. I actually, kind of like VR. The VR the concept is exciting to me now. I, possibly because I've had a taste of it, but also because right. like it's actually coming into its own as something that's real now. It's no longer like some stupid thing you have to go to an arcade and get like a really lame, you know, right. five frames a second. You know, it's actually a real deal now. So VR has like suddenly turned into a term that's no longer weird and that's strange, interesting to me because I never thought I would ever look at VR as something right. that was not super lame. Meanwhile, um, Notch, after the announcement of Oculus Rift getting bought by Facebook, pretty much just came out immediately and said uh, that he was basically stopping production of any Minecraft stuff for Oculus Rift. Um, Why? Basic, well, there's a lot. he said a lot of things. He said, I definitely want to be a part of VR, but I will not work with Facebook. Um, Facebook is not a company of grassroots tech enthusiasts, he wrote. Facebook is not a game tech company. Facebook has a history of caring about building user numbers and nothing but 
building user numbers. People have made games for Facebook platforms before, and while it worked great for a while, they were stuck in a very unfortunate position when Facebook eventually changed the platform to better fit the social experience they were trying to build. Mm. Um, he was he, he went on to say that he would work on other VR projects, but uh, and competition is a very good thing. But like his initial statement, which I don't see here, uh, was just like basically taking his ball and going home. He's like, I don't like it. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, and Cliffy B kind of called him out. For I like it. This too, is um, one of the rare occasions where I'm like, I agree with Cliffy B. Well, I feel so dirty for doing it's, that. It's you know what though? It's like we're. You're not. We're not notch. Like we don't know. Like there's. There's a lot. I can understand why somebody in his <laughs> position would have a gut reaction to it like that yeah. because I kind of had the same one initially. But I think like, what the problem is when you're, there's really no difference if notch said it or I said it. Except notch has a billion people watching him yes. and I have like ten. <laughs> so like you know, I think it's not really that crazy that he said that stuff. I think mm. well, right, probably well, he just has to be a little more careful about the things he we says just, when he's got well, an audience. The difference outside. being like yeah. we're not making any games. We're not canceling any games that people were excited for over like well, some. Like, you know, well, it's whatever. not like it was announced anyway, right? It wasn't like they had like said Minecraft is coming for Oculus, did they? I think he just basically basically said this thing that was happening. I mean, we all I, I'm pretty sure everybody knew it was coming in one way or another. I mean, is but surely people will just mod it anyway. Like it's already modded. It's already you can I mean, already do it. What would the difference be between Notch making like a VR official Minecraft and, I guess, support? Like, but I think, you know, this gives good, um, like, th- this makes competition, right? So I think it's um, something that could make a healthy market. So I overall, hope so. Like, yeah, look, looking at the overall. But it's just like, yeah, when I, you I come out in public like that, when you're a big person like Notches, like, I feel like, come on. Well, you know what, though? If that's what he believes and that's what he said, I think it, I'd rather he says what he feels than, than like, not. You know, I mean, maybe we don't... I just want... I just want... I just don't want him to have, like, this double standard where he's releasing the Minecraft for Amazon, who, like, recently had a report where they treat their uh, laborers like slaves and... Uh, everybody's pregnant, got pre- that report, right? No, well, dude, you <laughs> should... you guys like you slaves. Should read, <laughs> no, you should read the shit that was in the report. It's, like, seriously, like... <laughs> you know, slave labor levels, inhumane kind of shit. And of course, you know, he doesn't come out against that. He's like, I'm not going to make it for Amazon. You know, he just comes out because Facebook is like the cool thing to hate on right now. And yeah. Mm. Well, also, I mean, I'm not a Facebook fan. Let me, I'll get the record straight. I, I don't, I don't like Facebook. And I basically used it to post pictures of my kids so my mom can see them. We shouldn't do that either. I know. But (laughs) like, I honestly, I don't care. Like, yeah, it kind of depends that, on Notch's personal experience with them. Like, it might be just yeah. that he doesn't like fake Facebook because, like, he's annoyed using it. I mean, you know, it's but his game. Like, he can do it. There's he wants, dozens of companies that do horrible things like that. I mean, Apple's not exactly yeah. the best company right. either. So why why does he pick on Facebook? What are you talking over... about? Apple's perfect. <laughs> yeah. oh, I thought I heard Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? Like, why does he single out Facebook? Like, right. like Amazon too. There's lots of things you could, you know, there's criticism. A, there's you could a level definite double them. standard there, and that's yeah. that's what annoys me about yeah. it. It's like he comes out because it's popular to hate Facebook. Uh, I don't think that's why he's doing it, though. I mean, he's doing it. I mean, well, well who knows? We can't get right. inside his head. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's 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 good that he's at least got an opinion on stuff. Like, if he re- if he comes to realize that it was a bad decision, he'll change his mind in the future. I it's hope like, so. So what else is cooking? Uh, speaking of Amazon. They announced a uh, new console. Actually, it's more like an Apple TV with a controller. They did. They very clearly <coughs> stated as well that this is not a games console. Right, but you can buy a controller and play games with it. 
<laughs> but it's not a games card. <laughs> so what, 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 what is it? What is it? It is called the Apple Fire TV. Mm-hmm. Apple, Apple. <laughs> Amazon. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Amazon Fire TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's coming out at $99. Um, it's out. It, it, oh, yeah, that's right. It came out the they minute it, they announced it. Um, they Sega Saturn. It's, it's yeah, they did really. It's a it's a like a really small device. Comes with eight gigabytes of uh, storage. Um, it does not come with the controller. You have to buy the controller separate, and the controller is forty dollars. But, but you it, can just use your own controllers. Really, just yeah. Bluetooth. Yeah. If you buy their controller, though, it comes with ten dollars to right. uh, spend on. Their controller looks kind of ghetto. So like, if it, yeah. I, I would just use my PlayStation controller. I would like controller. to try it, um, just because like I like new controllers, um, just to see how they did it. Uh, but um, it's launching with about 100 games. It's essentially another Ouya-style yes. set-top box, but the key differentiator here being that... It's the Bezos. It's it's Amazon, <laughs> and they have a built-in audience of millions of people to right. market to. It's basically a guaranteed... Well, I don't know if you can say guaranteed success, but it's guaranteed not to fail. Let's put it that way. It's going to be right. the de- default, de facto, like, Ouya-style games machine now which is like android you know kind of casual players can play you know simpler games on it type right. machine basically you can have your kid play angry birds but they're hiring real real game developers right. as well i mean they got kim swift and that guy the clean hawking right like to double helix guy. they bought out they double, bought helix. double helix yeah oh, i mean really? they're, wow. they're yeah. taking it more seriously but i think they realize that they, they're not they're not go, trying to compete with playstation and xbox they're basically yeah i think they realize that what uya was doing is smart there's only going to be room in the market for one of those guys to succeed and they have as good a shot as it at it as anyone i mean probably apple ver- is the other apple or google are the only ones who could possibly you know right. do this because as well. you know amazon has all sorts of services like their video streaming service music streaming right. and all that stuff that could support the system without games like it doesn't have right. to be a game system it can succeed on its other I mean, it sounds strengths. like the next logical step right because they have the you kindle know. fire and then they have their own ecosystem for that mm-hmm. right yeah apple tv is cool and like this is essentially more or less can do everything apple tv can do but it also has the game thing which uh, we've already said a million times apple's gonna do eventually they should yes. have done it by now mm-hmm. but you know it's not um I, to me i if i were Uya, i'd be really upset right now because yeah they're, they're gonna just get destroyed from this but when you put it that way it does feel like it's more like a preemptive move against apple than it does like yeah. a move against Uya. no they don't i mean Uya is like right. not even a blip on their radar i don't think they've obviously been working on this for a long time now but i mean it, it makes sense like if you're a, co- a content company well they're not a content company but if you're a company that provides all that stuff like amazon mm-hmm. why not have your own method for people to access it i mean it comes right out of the gate you can play you can do netflix and and amazon video and all that stuff and then the games are like a bonus thing and they've even said it like yeah they're not a games console but they're also not they're they are taking games uh, like seriously they are Mm. gonna have like you know stuff on there as serious as you can with a box that small and yeah, I, but you can. I mean, I, I I never thought Ouya was a bad idea. Ouya just did a really terrible job. Like, they didn't get right. enough games and make it interesting. But Amazon totally has the clout to get pretty much everybody to put mm. their stuff on there. So I do feel, though, that, like, not bundling the controller in there, that kind of has a really big impact. Yeah. Because then, like, developers have to think, like, oh, like, will the user actually have a controller for this? Or? Well, they're not going to use the the remote control that comes with it. Well, I think you, some games also can work with tablets, though. Like, ah. you can sync it up. Like, there like is, with a Kindle Fire? Yeah, so like, control uh, maybe, mm. uh, yeah, I guess a Kindle. But, like, I saw one game where one player was using a controller and another was using a tablet, and mm. it was, like, a tower defense shooting game. And the one player was, like... Yeah, that's the one. Things. That's the first game they made Smart originally for it, I think. Oh, right, okay. But, I mean, that, you can't... 
you, you have to do it that way, though. You can't have the controller bundled in because there's a ton of people who would want to buy that who don't even care about the games part right. of it. I mean, you're not going to make True. it more than That's a good point. $99. And $99 it, so. is a good price. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I, I would have bought it. I, w- I, I went to the checkout, but they didn't ship to Japan. Like, so. Oh, okay. Uh, That's yeah. why you didn't buy it. Uh, I guess oh. it's probably region-locked. You know me. Like I try Fire Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'll, oh, that's right. Kindle Fire was region locked. Yeah, right? it was like a weird thing. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. You'd have but, to like buy stuff on the computer and then put it on the. Yeah, there's. I hope mm. it comes in a small box. Yeah. Like the Amazon. Like, oh, you they'll, missed they'll, it. They'll, you should have seen. Well, you saw it. I guess you yeah. yeah. the mountain of box. They'll put the small box in a huge box for you. Of course you. they will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But so, did you guys actually watch the trailers for the games coming out on it? No, no. <laughs> Honestly, like this, like I was expecting like a huge new system coming out and from Amazon. Was, well, maybe not a huge one, but just like a a system that wasn't an Apple TV, basically. And oh. When I heard like it was basically an Apple TV, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. No, that's exactly what I was expecting. I mean, this is pretty much that's why it wasn't a big surprise or a big deal. The thing that, the thing that. You know, you got to remember it's like people like, like I'm fascinated by it because it's a new piece of hardware and I buy like all the hardware because I want to mess with it and check it out. Right. But like I would never, my Uya is collecting dust in Dan Schroeder's house I think, for like <laughs> the last six months. Like I don't, Uya is not, honestly not worth owning in my opinion. But the Amazon thing I could see though because I would like, you know, I rent movies from iTunes every now and then. Why not get them from Amazon as well? Like there's no reason not to. I use yeah. my Amazon account for all sorts of things all the right. time. So. But so it's like, uh, they've made some weird hiring choices given the games they revealed. Like, they did hire one of the narrative leads on the Halo series, but everything they've announced is, like, it, I don't know, it kind of just looks like, almost like, a, is well, it Gameloft, the people who make sort of semi-knockoff games? Yes. They have this game they called, call it like... World, World of War making. And yeah, they have a <laughs> game that's called, like, Sev Zero or something. World of War Chest. Or something. And, like, it kind <laughs> of looks like, basically, they played the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer and was like, oh, yeah, this is good, let's take this and then add, like, one thing. Well, they're, they're not hiring those big-name people to make loans or anything. Yeah, they're obviously, know, they're thinking, I mean, they're thinking two, three steps ahead, which they should be, which is, you know, if this takes off and moves in a, in a direction that, you know, is worth it to them, they're going to have real games on there, too, to appeal to people like us as well as everyone else they got. I guess I was just kind of surprised that everything that was announced kind of looked like, oh, this is a PSN or XBLA game. And I was kind of expecting there to be like at least one game that was like, hey, this is like a showpiece that's like... Like a, 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 an Infinity Blade caliber kind of like, Yeah, Whoa. almost, you know, like an Uncharted type thing. Like, yeah. look, this is our big title. And it didn't really feel like there was that. Well, maybe there's, you know, maybe that's the thing is like they maybe they know Apple's coming soon and they had to get out before Apple, which is smart. So I don't know. I think mm. it's an interesting thing. It's a di- sort of disruptive thing that's like makes keeps the, the, the industry interesting. So yeah. I'm looking forward to what comes of it either way. And I'm still like, again, Apple, I'm still waiting for the, the utopia. So oh, Apple's yeah. going to do something. So. <laughs> uh, so Phil Spencer took over the microsoft xbox division is now officially the head of xbox that is the best news out of xbox in the last two (laughs) three years honestly like i i feel like this is the first bit of news about the xbox and xbox one that like is genuinely genuinely good and i i can't really like balk at it nope there's nothing bad to say about it like phil spencer's a gamer like he's like known in the industry as like someone who actually really cares about games and is a good guy he's like a smart guy like yeah this was a hundred percent a thousand percent the right move yep so the next step is and i think i said this on twitter already but the next thing is they have to get rid of their stupid parody rules where they like force people to like come out within a week of their version or whatever and get rid of that garbage and then they've and then they have to get rid of their hundred dollar price difference which i guess they sort of 
have they done that or like I, mean, I don't know it's like there's bundles and bundling stuff bundling games with it basically yeah. like don't make connect uh, required throw and, away the connect and I, I know some people like it Patrick Klepek was telling me on, on Twitter how he uses the TV stuff every day and that that's cool but like sure. that's you know I don't use it at all and I don't care about it and I think there's a lot of people who don't buy Xbox stuff for what it does with your TV so I want them to get rid of that apparently under Phil Spencer's new management he says it'll be gaming first Xbox is a gaming brand, and uh, our intern Rotem wrote "duh" above that. And, <laughs> and Microsoft took the person who has, uh, was at the head of the gaming franchises to lead the Xbox team. Uh, Spencer said in an interview with Polygon today, the appointment he said really shows a commitment to games on the platform that was first introduced to the world with focus on entertainment. And uh, hopefully, they continue that game thing. Like maybe the next time they unveil like the Xbox Two. What? <laughs> yeah, the Xbox Two. Okay, it, yeah. The first time we see the Xbox <laughs> Two, they one, will yeah. be, they will be showing games and not like TV and football. You mean the Xbox One Two, right? The Xbox One Two. <laughs> you know you can watch sports. Right, yeah, sports. <laughs> I like. They sports. still have a, a pretty big uphill battle, yeah. and you know they, they still got to go on the apology. GDC tour. was kind of a, a, a pretty clear indicator of like how people view them because you know they actually had cool stuff at GDC. They had the ID at Xbox program had like a whole yeah. bunch of games to show. But very few people even took notice because it, they basically, you know, Sony had their Morpheus thing, which basically took the spotlight at GDC. Mm-hmm. But, like, they are doing cool stuff, and there are a lot of interesting indie games happening. They just got to get rid of their weird rules and stuff and work on some of those other problems. And I think they're moving in the right direction, at least, because, like, they have good people there. You know, we've talked about Chris before. He's an old friend of ours, but Chris is running the ID at Xbox thing, and Chris Charla, and, like, you know, he's a great guy. He knows what he's doing. He's got cool stuff lined up, like... Putting Phil Spencer in is a big deal. Right. Now they just have to kind of like sweep away the rest of the garbage that got thrown in front of them and like get back on the right track. Right. And another thing about the Xbox One for me was that like their lack of Japan focus. Um, But apparently they're teasing uh, uh, an exclusive from a wonderful Japanese dev. Is that what it says? Uh, Yeah, it says wonderful in quotes. Um, Oh. Wait, who who said who who's who? Uh, this was written by Alexa Ray Korea uh, from Polygon. Okay, um, who could that be? And uh, yeah, any idea what that could be? It's something that they're going to announce at TGS. Well, apparently. you seem to be you're implying to me that it's Platinum Games if they're yeah. putting wonderful, wonderful, wonder, wonder, yeah, wonderful <laughs> quotes. Really feels like a Platinum game, but yeah. like I think a possibility. I mean, maybe could also be Valhalla Devil's Third. Yeah, they so Itagaki got on Facebook recently and has been posting a bunch of stuff and apparently right. like Devil's Third is back in the pipeline and hmm. on the way. Devil hmm. Third is back. And I actually went back and and watched the like the the initial trailer that they released. That game looks like it was going to be really fun. I really hope it does eventually come out. It would suck if it was an Xbox One exclusive. Um, but, you know, considering, you know, uh, what Itagaki has done in the past, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, no, me neither. But, I mean, I, I the, you know, it's that's another thing I'm really interested to watch because right. there's like a drama, there's like a dramatic story there, right? Because basically, he went free, he went indie, he, or essentially, he went yeah. on his own, I should say. Hmm. And now it's either kind of, it's like put up or shut up, right? This is like the big game that has to be really awesome. <laughs> but he's proven that he can make really awesome games. Right. I mean, Ninja Gaiden, what was it? One Sigma and, 2, whatever. Like, one and 2, like, basically. Super, super well-received, and people love them. Hmm. Hopefully, uh, yeah. And Ho- Team Ninja's kind of been on the down side. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, poor well, Yai. Dead or Alive is actually still going strong, but like Ninja Gaiden I don't know if I'd say strong. Yeah. I might stop that sentence at going. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that series is never somewhere. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden Black is my all-time five favorite game. So like, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm waiting. That's why it. you wear black every day, yeah. only. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. 
And that's like, I'm waiting for Valhalla's game so much. Like, yeah, it's been like four years, something like that. It feels like it's been forever since he started. Well, they had a lot of that. problems, right? They were with yeah. THQ, and then THQ went out of business. And well, they then... also had a problem where the engine they were using, the right. company who made the engine, like, went bust or something. Oh, really? And then, wow. like, yeah, they were having some problem with, like, their engine licensing and so forth. Too many weird parties. Yeah. In their <laughs> office. Probably <laughs> another thing. <clears throat> they announced a Japanese launch period, right? But I don't know. And they just say this year? Yeah. I think, I think they it said it will be September. September. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's about when uh, Xbox One comes out here. No, 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 exactly. Xbox that's what I was talking about. Not for uh, Devil's oh, Star. Oh, yeah, oh, I sorry. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant Devil's Star. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, they, they did finally announce a launch period. Well, it wasn't right. like they announced Japan. They announced, like, all the third world countries. Or what right. do they call third? What do they call them? Tier third two? tier. Third, third rate. I forget right. how, what they call them. <laughs> tier two. Countries, that's countries not me. That that's me quoting them. Yeah. Mm. No, yeah, but they basically included us in, in there. There's like 30-something other countries that are getting it in September. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. They need TGS to will be that a box, fun. man. That box is hideous and it's too huge for Japan. <laughs> Get rid of the stupid power break. They they were posting, they were tweeting yesterday from like the Microsoft account, like different people that work at Microsoft, and there, and there was one that was like, I'm the guy who made who designed the Xbox power One. Br- I um, wanted to be like, why did you make the power oh, break? Very yeah. brave of him to say. I that. know. <laughs> <laughs> our new laptop has a really big power break. Really? And our new <laughs> laptop is just big period like yeah huge it's we, the xbox should, it's the xbox one of yeah you should pick laptops. it up for training like right um so yeah that's basically it in the news uh john i guess you haven't had time to try any of the game boy advance uh virtual console games on your wii u yet oh, right. no i mean did we talk about this before like i i'm i'm glad they're doing it but why are they not on 3ds that doesn't I make sense know. apparently like from a thread i read on gaff that there's a technical limitation it's so, like when the ambassador games came out they actually run in ds mode and really? then so if that happens you can't use any of the 3ds's like functions like you can't return to the main menu oh. it's like a, i don't know why because i would Think you would think that like they could that figure could that could out do it, like right it's but 2014 you know it's right. like no weird. i agree i agree so but. yeah it bought it I don't know. I mean, I don't really have any. Uh, what do you, what's the word? Like, sympathy? No, not sympathy. I don't. I mean, I just don't have any um, desire to play to... Game Boy Advance games on a Wii U. So okay, really. I mean, I don't know. Is that weird? Nah, not really. The portable I games. That it's weird. It's, it is weird that like all the games that they release for it, like nothing, all the whites are like slightly gray because I they guess look they weird. They yeah, look yeah. weird because I think they were made that way because of the Game the Boy Advance screen. Mm. Well, with the original Game Boy Advance, a lot of games they adjusted the color palette. Yeah, because the screen had no backlight. So right. I think it's Could one of that. the Final Fantasies is on GBA, and like if you compare it with the original, like the colors are totally different. Yeah, like Super. I think Super Mario Advance and Yoshi's Island were all were both games that they released, and they looked really weird. You know, you know what? Because um, yeah, I'm, I'm not like super hot on Wii U lately but one thing that looked really awesome is did you see the new Mario Kart trailer yes. yesterday Mario Kart 8 looks yeah. and I know it's like weird to even like talk you know any, as soon as you say anything positive about Mario Kart everybody's just like oh it's another Mario Kart but I mean right. it looks really 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 I've good. heard a lot of things where a lot of people are saying it's not just a Mario, another Mario Kart and I haven't played a Mario Kart seriously like since the DS one I guess mm-hmm. and so like it's like Pokemon for me like I'll skip a few years and then same same again. but sure. I played this one at E3 whatever last year or the year before whenever it was at E3 and it was really good like it mm-hmm. felt really good at 60 frames and now it looks like amazing too yeah. like they're, hey. they're throwing everything in there the way they did with 3D World which is cool it's so, a pretty uh, right. gushing uh, write up on US Gamer by yeah, Jeremy right? Parrish uh, <laughs> really yeah, yeah. that's yeah. 
surprising. He's saying, uh, you know, the Wii Mario Kart was garbage, and this is pretty awesome. Awesome. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very excited. excited. Uh, Haruki's very excited. We're going to be playing that together. <laughs> Did he pre-order it? Yeah. <laughs> I do feel, though, that Mario Kart, like, if you don't have friends around to your house, like, I don't know, I've never really been able to play it alone. That's why you have kids, Tom. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> the whole point of having children. Is yeah, so, like, you can play games with them. Yes, I'm, ra- I'm, ra- <laughs> I'm raising friends. There's online stuff, too. Though. Right, it's not the same. Yeah, you know? it's not the same as like yeah. sitting on your sofa with your friends True. and like you know. That's why you go kids. to Otaru. Yeah, <laughs> bring your Wii U to Otaru. Kart, Otaru. Woo! I have a, that. I have that a was quick one of the Mario funnest Kart. experiences I've yeah. had playing like eight player Mario Kart DS. Um, was it eight or sixteen? I forget. I thought it was. It was, it was at least eight players. With, like, did you guys have like a billion cords? No, it wasn't cords. There was no. Oh, that was just that stuff that the Game Boy Advance was awesome. It's pretty fun, yeah. I uh, beat Mario Kart 7 when I was waiting in the uh, immigration bureau at Tokyo for like three hours in Shinagawa. <laughs> we didn't get my, my visa renewed. Was that the 3DS oh, right. one? Yeah, the 3DS one. Wow. Yeah, it was a great uh, waiting room game. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, we should probably start wrapping up soon, but before we get to that, Alex, we actually brought you out here right. to oh, yeah. talk about what you've been up to lately. Yeah. Alex being nice. the not only the uh, the former intern and also Resident Evil super freak mm-hmm. and also <laughs> what was your nickname? Uh the Gen- Genter. No, no, not that one. The burning, burning pubes or something. What oh, was jungle fire. Jungle fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds oh, a little that nicer. sounds really bad. So, but no, Alex, you actually have been busy in these past couple yeah. of months. Yes. What have yeah. you been doing? We so, talked about it on the last episode. Right. Yeah, you did talk about, about the you. album. Thank you, by the way. Uh, but in January of this year, I actually started my own. Well, not my own, but a gaming music company based here in Japan called Woo-hoo. Brave Wave Productions. Yay, yay. And before, thank you, <laughs> before I continue, it's all thanks to Hiroko who oh. <laughs> helped me get started because it's a very daunting process to start mm, your own company. Yeah. But Hiroko was very experienced. She referred me to the right person. <laughs> and so now we have a very good relationship. Well, you say it's all thanks to Hiroko, but it's mostly thanks to Mohammed, right? Yes, Mohammed is the genius behind this project. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mohammed Tahir. <laughs> he's from Kuwait and he's the one who came up with this in the first place uh-huh. back in 2012 when he started his own music label called Koopa Soundworks. Mm-hmm. And he got in touch with a lot of uh, freelance game composers because he wanted them to make more music. Yeah. And he needed help on the Japanese side because mm-hmm. a lot of them don't speak English and he doesn't speak Japanese. So he contacted me and originally I was just supposed to help him interview um, Manami Matsumai, who's mm-hmm. doing Mighty Number no. Nine and Shovel Knight, and uh, wait, Keiji. didn't I, I? I like I, I almost set that up right because Muhammad was looking for somebody. And I was like, hey, it should be Alex, and then oh, really? I'm, uh, well, one day I just got a tweet and said, hey, I need translation help, and I, I, I said, okay. Right. You asked me, actually. Yeah, no, I asked. And then no, I had, you. I had yeah, to work. Everybody at the beginning. Yeah, because <laughs> Muhammad, uh, <laughs> contact, Muhammad. Tom, contact, what did you do? You were involved ended, as well, right? It ended up president. Actually, no. What I'm thinking about actually, I think ended up being Brendan. Or maybe Brendan had to bow out, and then you ended up doing it. It wasn't. No, that was just interpreting. At was yeah, that, that was, was something oh, okay. different. This is way before anyway. that. Never mind. I have. I <laughs> anyway, you know, I we, we decided. Okay, I told Mohammed, you should, you should probably make this more official than just an internet project, so you can gain more legitimacy. So we made mm-hmm. it into a company, and now we're kind of moving forward at a very fast pace. And you are the. I was. You are the president of. The uh, I am the CEO. The CEO and business development coordinator of mm-hmm. Brave Wave Productions. And what's Mohammed? And he's the president and creative director. Wow. Okay. In Japanese, I'm technically the president because yeah. I'm the sole employee. But mm-hmm. he's. It's really his project. I don't want to take 
any of the right. credit. I'm just supporting him. So we've made about four albums in the last year, which is very unusual for something of our scale. You mm. know, it's it, we're we're a startup venture company like mm-hmm. Oculus Rift was right two years ago. So hopefully you won't get bought out by Facebook for two million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I would love someone, to. Someone, someone less evil. I don't know. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, we make game music, and Mohammed's idea is that. He wants to kind of unify all the independent game composers. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not like create a scene, but like the Avengers. Like, maybe, yeah. I think <laughs> it's like the Avengers or the Woodstock of Japanese or global gaming music. So he gets people from all over the world, mm-hmm. like Eric Sirk, who did Spelunky, mm-hmm. Chipsol, mm-hmm. uh, Matsumae-san. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a song with Akira Yamaoka. Yeah, mm-hmm. he actually managed to get uh, Manami. To do a uh, collaboration with one of the Evanescence members, Tim, I saw that. How did Tim that McCord. come about? Like, what did you just like tweet at him or something? Or yeah, what? they they he, they contacted each other, and then Tim McCord's actually a huge gaming fan, and he ah. loves NES games. Wasn't that Akira Yamaoka track with Jim Guthrie? Yeah, there was one That's track. Such a weird combination, but so like <laughs> it it's was so funny because Yamaoka's guitars with um, Jim Guthrie's vocals oh, really? and his melody. So huh. Muhammad's got all these great ideas, and mm-hmm. I just feel like I just had to go help him carry those out. Yeah. So we actually. At Bit Summit, we supervised three different musical performances. Mm-hmm. The first was uh, Manami Matsumae, mm-hmm. who did two songs from our albums, and then she did Shovel Knight one track, and yeah. then she right. did Mighty Number no. Nine, yeah. which is an eight-four project. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we had one by Chipsol, mm-hmm. and she uses her game voice to produce yeah, very yeah. chiptune sound. Her live performances was awesome. amazing. People yeah. were like dancing like it was a club mm-hmm. even in the middle of the Bit Summit uh, arena which was fascinating yeah. nerds like throwing off their t-shirts really? <laughs> awesome. yeah. Yeah. is anybody Crazy. doing kung fu moves <laughs> of course no, people were like yeah. head banging yeah. I was like <laughs> okay. whoa I didn't know people in this industry could do that or did that right yeah. and oh, then yeah we, they had a good time she, yeah. she, she, for those who don't know her she did the music for Super Hexagon yeah exactly yeah. oh yeah okay and uh, we did one full performance by Saori Kobayashi. Mm-hmm. She w- was the composer for Panzer Dragoon Saga and yes. Panzer Dragoon Order, as well as Thank Crimson Thank you for Dragon. giving me an excuse to use Panzer Dragoon music in this podcast. Thank you. Go for it. Yeah, I'm sure she'd appreciate it. Make yeah. sure it's Saga or Order. That's what really? she did. Okay. Uh, saga had some good music. So. It yeah. ought to be Order. Tom. Oh, Tom. <laughs> and Tom. The, the thing I've learned, you know, by doing Brave Wave is that a lot of these composers, these freelancers, they really want to keep making music, but mm-hmm. there are just budgetary limitations. Right. They can't find people who want to release their music. Mm-hmm. So, and they, they don't have the global reach, right? Because right? right. they don't speak English and their agents don't have that kind of yeah. influence. Totally. Mm-hmm. So, what, and they probably don't even have, like, some some of them don't even have agents. So. They don't, yeah, they don't mm-hmm. know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the people I've talked to, they're like, I want to release my gaming-like music overseas, but I don't know how to get it on iTunes or right. on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's something I can do right now in my current position, but in, as kind of a goal or an mm-hmm. objective for Brave Wave is to be able to bring Japanese freelance musicians overseas and Mm. then the opposite where I could bring a lot of the big indie composers Mm. into Japan as well so that's kind of a long term goal for this Mm -hmm. company Uh, with that said we do have a few projects in development Mm -hmm. actually that I am excited to announce on the podcast 
What, here Exclusive. now? Wow. Um, some you, of guys, have... you guys talked about something on Twitter recently, right? I want to ask right. you about that first. Yeah, you kept, I'll talk you about everything. Way forward, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's something uh, just kind of to back up. Originally, we just wanted to release music albums, but mm-hmm. right. a lot of the developers, the indie developers, want access to the talent that we work with in Japan. Sure. Mm-hmm. So Shovel Knight was a Mega Man-like game, so they wanted Manami. Mm-hmm. Right, So right. We, we actually orchestrated that. Uh, collaboration right right Uh, they they didn't know how to get to Manami so Mohammed and I offered to kind of mediate in between Mm -hmm. we we made the deal and then they announced the Kickstarter that day Mm -hmm. right and then I uh, informed Manami about the game's planning and she made the music so that was our involvement in that title that was our first big title Uh right but then we realized that a lot of you know the potential for this company to grow would be through working with game developers who need soundtracks. Mm-hmm. So I can't name the game yet, but we are working with Way Forward on a game soundtrack that they will probably announce in due time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Within the year. Uh, I think, you know, I can't say too much, but it, I think it'll be a fairly big game. Cool. Uh, wow. Particularly for the West. And so we're bringing... So it's a, a game that's not announced yet? No, not announced yet. Okay, cool. Um, I can't talk about too much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Yeah, we have three people, three of our artists contributing to mm-hmm. it. So what, two from overseas, one from Japan, actually. Wow. Nice. So we, we're trying to get these collaborations uh-huh. going and getting artists from different countries to work together. The other thing, and we announced this at uh, Bit Summit, but I think it got lost because it wasn't actually broadcast. But we announced mm-hmm. an album called Project Light. And I think this album is cool because we were getting, I think, Eight different artists from they're all ex Capcom. Mm-hmm. So we have Manami again from Mega Man One. We have Tateishi Sang mm-hmm. from Mega Man Two. They're both on Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah. Right. We got the we got Harumi and Akihiro Fujita from Mega Man Three. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that's they're four a couple, people. Right? They're they're not. They just happen to have the same name. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. long long story. Okay. We, we have um, Ippo Yamada, who's mm. also a Mighty Number no. Nine. He worked at Inti Creates. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we worked have, on works. Mega Man Nine, right? Yes. Uh, and I think Ten as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have Mari Yamaguchi. We have Junko Tamiya. They're also both Capcom, ex-Capcom. Yamaguchi sounds familiar. Did she work I, on Breath of Fire? Or, yes, or? Okay. she did. She did Breath of Fire. Uh, Junko Tamiya did Bionic Commando, the original oh, nice. NES. <laughs> uh, I believe that's everyone. And then the last, the last two, uh, or actually the last one is Yoko Shimomura. Oh, oh nice. nice! Of Street yeah. Fighter Two, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, Super Mario RPG, Final Fantasy Fifteen, Kingdom Hearts. She's working on one track oh, wait, for this I'm album. T- thinking of another person, Street Fighter Two was. She was. She was. Okay. Yeah. She came from Capcom. Yeah, she's okay. amazing. Yeah, and when is she's working on tra- within hopefully within the next year. I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're underway with the concept. Uh-huh. And the last one is Hallie, the chiptune artist who did oh, uh, nice. who did awesome. the DJing at the last year's TGS party. Mm-hmm. So they've all come together under Mohammed and Ippo mm-hmm. Yamada-san's direction, and so they're making an album centered around kind of an interstellar concept. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we really oh, are looking awesome. forward to that. It's kind of you know everyone coming together. For Shimomura-san, she never did work on a Mega Man game, but from what I hear, she's mm-hmm. she always wanted to. Oh, wow. oh really? Back in the day, yeah, but she never got <laughs> the opportunity. I would like to hear like her version of a Mega Man song. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a mm-hmm. chip tune, chip tune rock kind of mixed album. Uh huh. And so you all should hopefully look forward to it. I think cool. it'll be I'm very excited. fun Sounds for you right guys. Up my alley. Uh, the next one we're working on is actually two albums. So back to Saori Kobayashi, the Panzer uh-huh. Dragoon composer. Um, we're working on a solo album with her. So she's going to make an album dedicated to Panzer Dragoon-like music. What? Whoa. Yeah. We're going to hopefully get that out maybe sometime in 2015. Uh, yes. So if you like Panzer Dragoon, <laughs> the ethnic style. I do. Uh, exotic style music. <laughs> you couldn't tell. 
please listen to that right. album. And then she's also actually part of a band called Akane with Yumiko yeah. Takahashi, who is, was a vocalist for the Suikoden 2 mm-hmm. uh, intro or main theme. Cool. And so we're going to, this is something that, that was something we weren't thinking about, but we're going to release her band's next album as well. Wow. Nice. Yeah. You guys got a turning full into a little label there. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I pretty much have to start doing this, like more than just a side job on the weekend and in right. the evenings. It has to be something I have to give more time and attention to mm-hmm. because now that you're a company, you have mm-hmm. to do everything right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much. Oh, and then we have one album coming up, a solo album by Keiji Yamagishi, oh. uh, who is the composer for uh, the old Famicom Ninja Gaiden and mm-hmm. Captain Tsubasa. Yes. Tech Mobile. Ninja Gaiden had awesome music. Captain oh, Tsubasa yeah. had some fucking good music. Yeah, he's the guy. I should probably bring him on sometime. Yeah. Maybe, you know, he was kind of jaded for a while on game composing. Really? He quit for 10 years because he felt like they didn't need him anymore, but Mohammed kind of yeah, got back、terrible. to him.、Oh. Yeah, we, we can have a whole podcast about this. Like, it doesn't have to be 8 4 play if you don't want, but, you know. We'd love to hear it at some point. What yeah, happened yeah. to everyone? Everyone kind of has an interesting story about,、right. especially all the old Famicom era composers. Yeah, Hiro- Hiroko is you know, super well connected with、um, composers in、right. Japan. I mean, she knows pretty much everybody. And a lot of that <laughs> yeah, is from、yeah. the various, like, she's done a lot of interviews over the years with people、mm-hmm. like Jeremy Parrish and stuff. But, like, you know, we, she got to meet a lot of、um, really interesting people and heard a lot of interesting stories about、yeah. people who used to be making music and just weren't doing it anymore. And a、yeah. lot of those people didn't really, don't seem to realize their worth or their value. Their worth. You know? You know,、yeah. Manami thinks she's just too old and her music is too old. But when you see how people react, that's, just the, the, that's the system in Japan as like Shovel Knight and Mighty Number、no. 9. Yeah, yeah. Right? Her music is awesome.、Yeah. So we owe it to ourselves to kind of get them out there.、Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. So please support us. We sell our music on Bandcamp and iTunes. And, and I'll put a link again、uh, this yeah, week、thanks. on the, the show notes for people、Sweet. to access. Cool, cool. Exciting yes. So,、yeah. Hiroko, did、mm-hmm. you know that next episode? Well, you weren't here at the beginning of the show, but next、mm-hmm. episode is the 100th episode. Wow. We've 100. Been, yes, we've 100 been. 100 episodes. <laughs> we've been doing that. <laughs> you can tell we've done this before. Uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, I saw you, somebody tweeted at you, right? And you like,、yes. picture it on the calendar. So,、yes. did, we, did we actually know? I we, did, we did know. Oh, because, we know. Okay. Because,、um, <laughs> actually, we、us. numbered the, we,、uh, the, po- the name of the file for the podcast has、uh-huh. the number in it. And、uh-huh. I, I'm, since I basically look at that every week, then、uh-huh. I, I know that our 100th episode is coming. And. Considering everybody's always so busy to think about that kind of thing,、uh-huh. I, a couple of months ago, I went ahead and just marked the calendar. Cool. So, what we need is we have some ideas. I have some ideas,、uh-huh. actually, but I mean, we got to get some cool people on. We got to try, I should say, to get some cool people yeah, on. We yeah, may not yeah. be able to get anyone in、yeah. two weeks, but、uh, if、I'm, you guys have ideas.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious to hear. Like,、right. who, who do you guys want to hear on this podcast? Right. Yeah. We'll try to reach out to that person. We、so. might、uh, play a little of the lost episode zero. The, <laughs> the first time we ever tried to do it. Right. And failed do we have that still, though? I、sure. think we might. We might. I'll look for it. Mark、remember. might not let you play that. We'll see. We'll see. There might be a、Did、funny part. Talk about stuff? Like, was it like a、have. real episode?、Uh, we may have. We'll have to have somebody go back and listen to it. It may be on. This... That was like four years ago, I think,、yeah. or whenever we wow, started. Time flies. It would probably. Well, yeah. Did like, we even have the equipment then? I don't remember. I think, I think we, we did. did. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, the, I think the reason we recorded it was to test out the equipment. Right.、Mm-hmm. You know, the. I guess the most interesting way to do it is just put it up there without even checking it. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I don't we want to do that. I don't think we're brave enough to do that. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
but yeah, that's going to be coming up, and hopefully we'll have some cool guests. Yeah, tweet yeah. at us. I mean, guests or topics or anything, but mm-hmm. like, let us know what you want to hear about, and let us know soon. And I say what I mean by that is, you know, this episode comes out on Friday today, uh, but. Um, you know, it takes a little time to set stuff up, so let yeah, us know yeah. right away your yes. feedback, Especially, your like, if we, if you want guests on this podcast, I would need time to reach out to that person. <laughs> yeah. so. and, um, at your the deadline v- is Monday. At the very <laughs> least, all four of us will be here in town. Mark's going to be back, so uh-huh. it's going to be right. the, the awesome, the foursome, the family. fearsome, the family. whatever he calls it. Uh, and we will have a it'll be a fun time mm-hmm. cool so speaking of tweeting us tweeting at us and uh-huh. your ideas and whatnot where can they find us JJ uh, you can find us at our website at 8-4.jp jp not jp 8-4.jp you can email us or tweet we prefer to actually I'm just going to say just tweet at us at 8-4-play my personal twitter is sbrsk I'm TAS Tokyo CVXFreak I am John TV I'm Hiroko 84. See Charles Reed. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And uh, yeah, just you know, you can tweet at me, John Hiroko. Probably not so much Tom, Alex, and Chris. Oh, <laughs> my feelings. <laughs> and, well, I mean, you can tweet at them for things not related to the podcast, just because they're nice people. Yeah, just say yeah. hi. Yeah, mm. <laughs> be like, I think you were cool on the podcast, or whatever. You know, just let us know. Yeah, what you think, what you want to hear, <laughs> and uh, we will do what we can to yes. make it not suck horribly. <laughs> It'll at least be average. <laughs> yeah, we can promise. We promise. No, we're gonna we, kick we make ass. Bold promises. Yeah. Play, shooting for average. That's right. <laughs> we're going for average. And so that brings this episode. Oh, actually, sorry. I. Uh, you can also find us at our second home at uh, giantbomb.com. Uh, giant and we have a Facebook uh, that will not be bought out by Facebook anytime soon. <laughs> um, don't worry about it. Uh, just roll with it. Um, and uh, also give us five stars on iTunes. You can subscribe to our ISS feed. Blah, 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 blah. And that's it for this podcast. Thank God Mark will be back and I don't have to host anymore. <laughs> um, you did well, son. And uh, so who wants to take us out? Oh, I know. Chris. Charles Reed. And we out. Peace. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> <I had to. laughs>